Welcome to To The Bottom Music Podcast. Today we have Sarong from Temple of Dome. Alongside special co-host Dave Tirio. Yay! Everyone's uh, headphones good? Yeah. Sure. I hear you. Okay. I hear you. Well, welcome. Sarong from Temple of the Dome. Hey, how you doing? How are you? I am spectacular and very happy to be here. Yeah. We're very happy to have you. And also we're... Very special co-host. Co-host. Dave Tirio. Introduce yourself. Woo! Yo, yo. There you go. <laughs> We're calling this one the double doinker. Double doinker uh, is appro- appropriate on this week. Yeah. Uh, in particular, as we see another bear's low. I just learned that phrase uh, the other night from Jen. She was like, uh, oh yeah, that's, it's a long story. Uh-huh. I do not know what this doinking is. Oh, dude. 2018 against the Eagles. <laughs> uh, the, the field goal hit two uprights and then went out and broke everyone's heart. So yeah, and, the, the, and I'm pretty sure that kicker broke every record of how many times you can hit the post. Oh yeah, he's seriously a, unbe- like I mean he was a doinker. It really bothered Double me when doinker. I found out like uh, like a year later that he would practice hitting the post when he was in college. <laughs> like really dude, you should have kept that to yourself, man. <laughs> Incredible. So I think we want to start from now. Okay. Instead of normally, you know, we'd start, hey, tell us what happened, blah, blah. Let's start from the beginning now. The beginning and of... And then we'll go backwards. What have you been up to? Well, um, making music, man. Uh, I, I've been writing... I, I am a better songwriter now than I've ever been. And it, it's like every angle of it I've been working on hard. And it, it came from just making my own music without caring who heard it. You know, I, I, I just decided at a point I'm going to go insane if I don't make music. So I just did it. And... Where I am now, after doing that solo stuff for a while, I uh, got back together with Jiggles, the bass player from Swizzle Tree, Fuck and yeah. uh, mm. I'm like, listen, man, I just want to write with people again. He's like, okay, cool, let's do it. He's not with us anymore, but he did the first record with us, and it just, uh, once I started writing with somebody else, after like nine years of doing it by myself, I suddenly realized, I'm like, oh my God, I can do this stuff now. <laughs> I, I don't see, I think the biggest thing I've come across is I don't believe in writer's block anymore. Nice. There's no such thing. I don't believe it. It's, it's just everybody thinking they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. You wrote a song. It's probably good. Keep writing five more, and you'll probably write a great one. Right. You know, and that, I've realized that. You know, and it's uh, I've just embraced it. I've, I've realized there's no bad ideas. Everything I I write now, whenever somebody gives me an idea, I don't question it. I just put it in there, and it works. Like there's a song that's going to be coming out. Uh, the last one I'm putting out in this. So right now we're doing an album. It's uh, it's. Uh, it's gonna be like 13 songs all about weed. It's a concept album. I love it. And that. Um, you know, I just wanted to do something nobody's ever done before. I wrote one song about it, and I tell Jiggles, I'm like, I bet I could do a whole album like this. He's like, <laughs> Oh, really? I'm like, Well, is that a challenge? All right, let's do it. So I did it. So now we're in the middle of releasing that, and like, so one one song. So my um, I wanted to do a song with my brother uh, since the end of Swizzle Tree. Everything I've done, I have had have had him on at least one song. And your brother uh, is Stuby from Lucky Boys Confusion. Okay. So I um. I asked him, I'm like, okay, so, you know, I'm doing a weed album. What do you want to write about? He's like, I don't know. I don't really care about it anymore. It just helps me sleep. So now my chorus is, it helps me sleep. Yep. It helps me sleep. And, you know, it's all that. Yep. Then the second thing, he's like, you know, in the verses, maybe skip the first note. I'm like, okay, so the only thing that hits the first note is the bass and the drums. And now every other instrument hits on the second note. It's like, every what I realize is any idea somebody gives me, I can make it work. Yeah, you know, it's fucking it, magic. Yeah, and it's like now there's like no ego about it. There's no, 
I don't know, man. I don't know if I like your idea. No, dude, give me an idea. And even if I don't like it, I'm going to... Great example. Uh, from our first EP we put out like a few years ago, um, there's a song on there called I Got You. It's about this hot wife of mine. And so I wrote this thing that was kind of like rockabilly kind of, you know, and I had a, a verse, a pre-chorus and a chorus. And I go to Jiggles. I'm like, okay, write something. He's like, okay, what? I'm like, anything that I wouldn't have written. Mm -hmm. So he comes back with this like thing that's in a minor key and just really weird and like just just completely different. And my first thought was, I can't do this. Then I was like, no, I'm going to do it. I did it, and I became like one of our best songs ever. Like It's just forcing yourself to do something you wouldn't do. Right. And I suddenly can write something beyond what I could come up with on my own, you know? Right. Even just the minor suggestions from my guitar player, and it changes the song I'm working on. I love it, you know? It's, uh, it's nice. I, f I, I feel like I want to expand this, and I want to write with as many people as I can, because I, I feel like I can now help people improve their songs without pushing my ideas onto it. Sure. Which is something that's hard to do as a writer. Everybody's got an ego. Yeah. I, I've been able to like get past that, try, which is hard. Try being in one life. Oh, <laughs> Too many egos in one band, man. Uh, that's what people, that, that's like with me and my brother. People are like, how come you guys don't do a band together? I'm like, no, too much ego in one band. There's just <laughs> no way. Yeah. But um, I like doing occasional collaborations, but I can't imagine being in a band with my brother as I say this to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, well, uh, you know. It's a, it's a special, it's a, it, when we were younger, I think it was a much harder to be in a band together. Now I just, you know, we're like, like you said, it's just kind of like, you don't really give a shit anymore. Cause we're just doing it for the music. You know what I mean? And you know, you're doing what's best for the song and you're having fun. That, mm -hmm. that one thing you said, the, everybody says that I don't care is important, but it really is. Mm -hmm. Once I stopped. Okay. So when I was. You know, before Temple of Dome, I was doing The Power Cosmic. That was my solo project. But when I was doing that, I, I didn't care who heard it. I, I recorded it. I released it on iTunes and whatnot. And I don't know. I don't know who heard it. I, I just didn't care. I just wanted to make music. If I didn't, I was depressed. Right. It was as simple as that. If yeah. I don't write songs, I get depressed. And towards the end of Swizzle Tree, and even many times in the middle, we were together for like 20 years. Um, and then again in Liquid Hot Magma, my other band that I did after Swizzle Tree, we reached a point where we just weren't writing songs. It was driving me crazy. How do you go a year without writing a song, you know? And it's just what happens in bands. It, mm. it does. But a after that, I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to keep writing whatever. And I did whatever I felt like. Uh, first song was kind of like polka. The <laughs> second song sounded a bit like a hippie thing. Then the next one's like metal. And then I started writing like some, you know, Indian sounding stuff. I got my mom to sing on a track, you know? Awesome. But like... The only reason I was able to do all that is because I just decided I don't care. I'm just going to make music because I need to, you know? Right, yeah. And I needed to learn more. I think that's the biggest thing that happened to me. I, when I was in Swizzle Tree, people liked it. We were good. But none of that was me trying to be my best. That was me doing what came naturally. Like, music is natural to me. Yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm good enough. You know, I'm just going to do this. And, like, it wasn't until... I started doing the solo project stuff that I realized, I'm like, there is so much I didn't know before. Like, I, I just basic stuff about how music is put together, how theory works. And like one of my biggest epiphanies was learning how to blend Eastern melodies that people think are different scales into Western ideas. And like, when I finally had the epiphany, I realized, I'm like, there are no different scales. It's the same ones used in 
different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I could really get into deep with that, but uh, dude, you and Tundo, chop it up, dude. Well, okay, I'll, okay, I'll tell you right now. Uh, the, the the big one for me was there was this melody I had. It went like. And that that was the lead part I had, right? So I wrote the chords under it, and it sounded a little strange, but that's how things sounded when I wrote things that were Indian influenced. And my buddy Derek, uh, Derek Hassan, Ramsey Hassan's yeah. younger brother, he's the guy that was in the band with Liquid Hot Magma. With uh, he comes over and he listens to it. He's like, "Yeah, that's cool, but you know that one note's wrong." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Yeah, well, your chord is here, and you're playing that one note, and when you hit that chord with that note, it doesn't fit." I'm like. Ugh. Well, what am I supposed to do? And he told me what note I should play. So the next day, I, after I played that note and recorded it, I called him. Which and is I was, super hard to do as a yeah. singer, by the way. <laughs> so, I, so I'm playing that note, and I, I, I called him. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, you're right. That note worked. <laughs> He's like, okay, so why are you upset? I'm like, I don't want to play that note. Mm. I want to play the other one that makes it sound like trippy and creepy. He's like, okay, so then figure out which notes don't fit and put a different chord there. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like any chord just figure out which notes don't fit and f- for that moment put in a chord and it wasn't even a count of four in a me- it was like in the third measure on the third beat from the count of three and four and then one of the fourth beat i have to go to a different chord mm-hmm. and it was just bizarre and when i played the chords together i'm like this is weird then i put the melody over it and i'm like oh my god <laughs> this is awesome like you know and i finally figured out what the hell radiohead's been doing for years i'm like oh my god so you know what i realized is you know there are there's versions of music where a really good lead guitarist can just wail over it whatever you're playing and just go with it right you can't do that with this type of music you have to know that you're in a minor here but then for three notes you're going to be in f sharp or something you know like, mm-hmm. i don't even know if those are clashing notes or not but my point is that you have to be able to go up and down through that, and that's what those Indian melodies are. They're not coming up with a new scale. They're just not using chords, so you don't realize that they're using a strange chord progression under it. They just ignore the chords and just give you the melody notes. Right. So, you know, like, once I realized that, I was able to start putting harmonies over my weird Indian-sounding melodies and just everything just epiphanied. And at first, I was doing very... Indian Radiohead-ish type stuff, but eventually it got to a point of like Stone Temple Pilots. Have you guys ever tried to play Stone Temple Pilots songs on guitar? It's uh, tough. Yeah, they are. They're complex. Yeah. I used to think that um, you know, if you want to do you know, like fun sing-along stuff, you end up with stuff like Green Day. But then if you want to do weird, creepy stuff, you end up with stuff like Radiohead. And then I listened to some Beatles stuff. I'm like, wait, they're writing... Weird, creepy stuff that's fun to sing. What the hell? Mm-hmm. And then one day, um, this guy, uh, Ethan Keller from Green Scene, he, he was over at my house and he starts playing STP songs to me. I'm like, what are you doing? What is this chromatic stuff? I'm like, I, that stuff is so easy to sing along to. I thought it was just straightforward theory, and it's not. And uh, th- that's been my goal for a long time, is that I want to write stuff that's unexpected, strange, outside the theory you know, but... Unless you're a musician, you don't even know because it's fun to sing to. And right. like that's what STP was to me, and I'm finally getting to that point. You know, it's really cool. I- yeah, I mean, like, it's glad I'm, it's nice to see that you still have the enthusiasm. When was that show that I saw you at at Bottom Lounge? Uh, two and a half years ago. I two think. and a half years ago, and you were just as fucking enthusiastic with me that night. As which led up to this, obviously having mm-hmm. you on the podcast, which took two and a half fucking years. <laughs> but here we are, in the uh, parking lot of the old McGregor's <laughs> over here in Villa Park. But that night, 
I mean, I fucking witnessed something I haven't seen out of you ever. And it was like fucking, I was like, holy fuck, what is going on? You were singing like a fucking angel and you're like, yeah, by the way, I had fucking laryngitis tonight. And I was like, what? I almost canceled that show. But then everybody's like, you sure? And I'm like, oh, fuck it. Let's just do this. Let's do this. I... I got some throat coat tea and some honey and yada yada. Like, it was like it. it was like something so like I walked in. I was like, no fucking way is that wrong. No fucking way. I mean, like you transformed yourself to a completely different fucking person. And I was like, oh, what in the fuck is this all about? You know, I, uh, you know, I, I, I hate thinking that I wasn't that person like 15 years earlier when, I, when, when we were touring big time. <laughs> and like I could have been that. But, you know, it's a. Uh, it's, it was just the freedom of not caring and then just embracing what I can do. You know, the weird stuff that I thought was... You, you know what it was? Okay, so my first band was Swizzle Tree, and we were we played together for a long time, went through many stages, and then finally when uh, Amory Schmeiser joined and we got a really solid drummer, things really took off. You know, uh, we, got, we got a single in Omaha that wouldn't go away. We tried to release a second one. They just kept going back to the first. And uh, um, we don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, it was cool, you know, but that got us signed and we did all this stuff. But so the, the guys in Swizzle Tree were similar to me in the sense that they just knew what to do, but they weren't they, they didn't know anything about music theory. None of those guys did. And they had all been playing longer than me. So they were good at what they were doing, but they were just like me. They were just doing what came naturally on their instruments. So I didn't have like a like an Adam Cryer or Joe Sell in my band that was going to. Oh teach me the stuff about music theory that I didn't know yet. That happened in Liquid Hot Magma when Derek Hassan joined it. And he, he's brilliant. He is so, so good, so talented with music. Makes me sad he's not making music anymore. But like, he could, it, I, I personally like the tone of my voice better, but he could sing better than me. He could play guitar, trumpet, drums, all this stuff so well. And he understood theory so well. So when, you know, that was finally my chance to like get stuff that I didn't know before. And right. once he opened the door to that one thing, I just started learning so much more on my own. It was just, I don't think there's a limit to how much more new stuff I can learn. You know, like yeah. there just isn't. And I thought before I knew everything, I was too arrogant, you know? <laughs> but yeah. now it's like, I... I, I think Dave, Dave can attest to this, like, you know, he's making music on his own now. Yeah. I mean, like, what's that like? Well, yeah, it's similar. Like, uh, you know, being in a band, you don't have all of your ideas used. And obviously, you got to just kind of be a part of the team, right? Right. And then when I got out of the band, I went to myself, what would it be like to make all the decisions? Can you even do it? You know what I mean? Like, are really, you even capable yeah. of writing a whole album's worth of material and making all those decisions on your own? And it was just a challenge, you know what I mean? That's all it was, really. A fun a one, too, I bet. An assignment and a challenge to myself. And I did the same thing you're doing now with uh, Temple of Dome, too. I tried to make it like a concept album, and I wrote mm -hmm. silly things, like things that I just that weren't serious to me. It was I based every single song off a TV show I liked. Oh, awesome. So it's like one step away from Weird Al, honestly. You yeah, know what that's I mean? great. Like I picked a certain episode or you know whatever, and I titled every song the, the exact title of the episode of the TV show and this and that, you know, and... Uh, I got to 10 songs, so it took a while. It took That's a long awesome. time, but it was, uh, you know, it was rewarding for sure. In Swizzle Tree, to kind of get back to Swizzle a little bit, who was the main writers in that? Steve and I wrote most of the songs. Um, 
It's hard to say. Okay, I mean, definitely it's me and Steve, for sure. Uh, he was somebody who could play guitar and sing, so he did write more stuff uh, in the beginning, and uh, I, would, I would write to the stuff that he wrote. So we would write songs together, you know? He would give me a spark of an idea for a vocal, and I would go finish it, but he already had the guitars written, you know? It was a while before I started writing songs with instruments and, and doing things like that, and it was cool because I would come with basic chord ideas, and they would turn it into cool riffs. Yeah. So, you know, that started happening. Um, but everybody had some part in writing a little bit. Like, there are songs that... I was a very good glue for that band nice. when it came to songwriting. There are some songs that... A thing that Tadish wrote, a thing that Steve wrote, and a thing that Jiggles wrote. And I brought all three together and I came to them. I'm like, how about we make this into one song? Like, things with that... Like, uh, and I felt like there were moments where Tadish and Steve would click... And then there were times they wouldn't. And I would step in and be like, here, give me your idea. Let's do this. You know? Yeah. It, so I felt like I was a little bit of a middleman. And once I had learned how to like play some instruments better, I got to a point where I could write my own full songs. Like we were talking about. Mm. Okay, so at, towards the end of Swizzle Tree, before we were done, I got a, uh, a BR9000 CD. It was a eight-track uh, digital thing that had a drum machine built in. And it was with that that I first learned that I could write my own songs. And it was actually Ryan Fergus from LBC that really gave me the confidence. Awesome. I put together a song, and um, I, I played the guitar on it, the bass on it, I sang it, uh, I, I put some drums on it. And the thing is, you know, those machines come with these loops, and I hated them all. I just didn't like it. So I sat there, and I literally programmed every single beat and I made sure that I could only have four things going at a time because we have four limbs. Mm -hmm. And I put the drums in there. And, you know, I didn't give it a second thought. I'm like, this is just what I need to do to do this song. And then Fergus heard it. And he's like, what the hell? I'm like, what? He's like, these drums are amazing. <laughs> like, what are you? I'm like, really? He's, he's like, dude, you're really putting a song together. I'm like, yes. You know, that was like my, uh, that, that was just like my, like my boost to be like, yes, I'm doing this right. I'm going to keep doing this, you know? And, mm -hmm. and um, you know, and that was cool. But it really took to another level when I finally just went to a computer and did it on GarageBand. Yeah. And, I mean, the things I can do with GarageBand are mind-blowing. I mean, I, I love doing horn sections. And like to do that on MIDI, I had to like research every horn, what their range is, and make sure I don't go past it, because MIDI will let you go past it, you know? So I had to make it where people could play live and all this stuff. I love when I'm having... Okay, so I play guitar decent, but not good enough to really play the things I come up with. Uh, some of the tracks uh, that we've done, I've recorded and we kept them, but... Uh, for the more complex stuff, I have people come in and play it, and I love that everybody that's coming in and played with me, I've taught them something on an instrument that they play. Mm -hmm. right. Because, you know, they're like, well, I don't know how we can do that. I'm like, well, why don't you just put your finger here and slide that way? And, this, and the, like, Shultajan, Jason Shultajan, uh, Brad Chagdis, my, my guitarist Joe, everybody's been like, I never saw it that way. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason that is because I'm not a guitar player. Right. So I just, I'm just like, well, why can't you do this? Well, I was never taught that, but yeah, I can do that. You know, that's what it kept happening. It's same thing with uh, Amory Schmeiser. He's my drummer from Swizzle Tree. He's now my engineer and drummer for everything I've done. And like, I would go into the studio and say, "Well, why can't we do this?" He's like, "I don't know." Okay, hold on, let's figure it out, and we can. And we did all kinds of stuff. Like one of my favorites is um, so if you guys know how auto tune works, you can stretch things and do things with whatever and move notes around. But I wanted to go further than that. I wanted to turn my voice into a chipmunk yeah. slowly. I wanted to go, oh, and just keep going, right? But auto-tune will not let you go past one octave. 
So what it does is it goes, oh, like, so it was frustrating me. I'm like, okay, I went home. I thought about it. I didn't know how this stuff worked, but I see it when he's yeah. doing it. So I came back the next day. I'm like, okay, I got an idea. Let's do this. I'm going to go, oh, and hold the note. He's like, all right, cool. All right, now you got to record it. Now start at that note, auto tune it up one octave and stop. Then let's destructive edit it. And we have a new track. Great. Now let's go back in and auto tune the next one. And we did this, and now on this song, Save Me, uh, by my band, The Power Cosmic, there's this moment at the end of the last chorus where it just goes like, and now my voice becomes an instrument. It's like, but you know, like pushing Amo's limits, he is mind-blowingly good at engineering. It's There's nobody like him. Yeah, well, fucking amen, because I can't. It's amazing. We need more people. Seriously, if anybody wants to do something and push their limits, go to Amo. He will just totally pull it off. It's amazing. Nice. When Let's wind back to a little bit of the beginning in your youth. So when you guys were younger, music in the house all the time? Kind of. Well... Okay, so my mom is a singer, but, you know, she gave that up to do a family, you know, raise a family. Um, so, you know, we, there's music in our blood, but my dad was not into it. He doesn't get music. He just didn't understand it. So, like, you know, and we were also raised very, very Indian because we were in America and there was no Indians. They're like, There's a community, but, you know, I, I didn't know anything about American sports, American music, anything like that. So, you know... He did not want us listening to American music. I mean, but he didn't like music to the point where I, I just decided to play some Bollywood songs. He's like, no, turn this off. You know, so it's weird. Uh, mm. He just wasn't into it. But we still went through some minor, like, classes, like learning a harmonium. It's like a, it's like a harp, what is that thing where you, accordion, except on the ground. Uh, you know, and then some tabla. You know, I tried to learn this stuff, never went anywhere. Um, but we would sing stuff at these Indian community events, like on stage. Like we would sing the songs from the movies and stuff. My brother and I would get on stage and do it, like you know, like a talent show. But um, I did violin from like fifth grade to seventh grade. But let me tell you this: <laughs> I w- was playing by ear. I didn't even know what sharps and flats were. <laughs> After three and a half years of learning, they didn't teach me that. I didn't even know. Like weird. that's what T- typical. Was, seriously, <laughs> it was so weird. Huh. It wasn't until I mean. I, but like here's the thing, like we would turn everything into a song when we were kids. But every kid does that. We didn't give it a second thought until, like, I, it was basically I was working at a at at this place when I was a sophomore in high school, and I just started humming the bassline from a, a Green Day song, Longview. I'm just like do 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 do, and as I'm doing that, Steve Crock walks in and he just starts singing the lyrics, and like <laughs> it just we just bonded. I'm like, dude. We should start a band. My brother's got a band. I could sing too. Let's do it. You know, and like, boom, that was Swizzle Tree Start. Like, it was wow. awesome. It was that simple. Nice. Fucking awesome. Yeah. And then from there, it, it just grew. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. So, high school was kind of the start? Yeah, sophomore year of high school. That's what, yeah, Steve was my first actual friend in my life. You know, like, before that, I, I didn't have any friends. And when I met him, like, it just, we just bonded. Because I was a socially awkward dork that didn't get anything, but... I was still who I am now, you know, but yeah. I just hadn't figured that stuff out. So he loved me for it, you know, and we just bonded. And from that point, everything just, it, it was the first group of friends I had that I comfortably could say, I love you too. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure. Like I had friends before that, but like with this, it was like, we could, we could get deep with each other and that kind of stuff, you know, like it was, it was like a family, right. you know, and that just led to the music being so comfortable. Yeah. I mean, when we met all you guys, <clears throat> it was kind of like this instant bond already. Um, 
But it was like there was such a story behind all of everything that you guys were doing that it would take 10 years to catch up to to understand like the bond and the friendship between all the bands and shit like that. But I mean, uh, what a fucking ride, huh? Oh my God, seriously. I just think about the. I mean, I. I am not a wealthy person. I, I just kind of get by, and that's my life and whatever. But nobody can say they did the things I did. How, how many people can say they they had they opened for Three Eleven in front of fifteen thousand people, of which five thousand were singing your lyrics? I mean, that's insane. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind thinking about that. You know, and did you pee in a sink at a frat house and get almost get your ass kicked? Um, no, but Steve peed in a litter box once. That oh, was hilarious. Okay, all right, that's yeah. where it's belongs. Yeah. So I mean, that, let me tell you, a human pissing in a litter box fills the litter box. Yeah. <laughs> Quite the accomplishment. Uh, yeah, seriously, dude. Where uh, where were some of the first venues you guys uh, played around, like Downers Grove and oh, Neighborhood okay. stuff? Churches, which uh, we played with the Play My Tees a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, but the YMCA was probably our first like real. In Downers Grove gig, I mean, we played at houses. You know, mm-hmm, we played. Mm-hmm. Our first show was in my parents' basement. Nice. You know, and and we played like you know seventy five percent Green Day covers. You know, so mm-hmm. we didn't yeah. even know anything. But I remember when we played at the YMCA. That was something we started. I'm not gonna say we as in Swizzle Tree, but we as in the Downers Grove community of bands of yep. our generation. Yep. Uh, my brother's first band was Farm Boy, mm-hmm. and so it was Farm Boy and Swizzle Tree playing at this. Which, YMCA. Which they just put out, by the way. Yeah, I love it. It's yes. so cool. I, I'm so happy about it's that. It's on Spotify. Yeah. Nice. So, so you know, we'd play at the YMCA. Oh, my God. I remember my brother's first drummer, Dave Lavezzi, his mom, the day after the show, um, like, he had a really vulgar song, and she's like, <laughs> Stubie swore 78 times at the show. She counted. <laughs> she counted. <laughs> oh like, God. dude, come on. Get over it. It's a show. It's people playing music. But, yeah. After that, they had a rule that we can't swear it up the YMCA. Wow. <laughs> oh, the ironic thing about that is Dave Lavezzi's mom was like a, you know, just, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know. She was, uh... What, what was, uh... Yeah, she, she was no. something. Jeez. What was the... <laughs> what was... So what was, like, a typical Friday, Saturday night for you guys when you first getting started making music and everyone was, like... So how far along was, like, LBC at this point? LBC didn't exist yet. Okay. Uh, Farm Boy was first. My brother started a band with Eric Herbig. I love that kid. Um, he... Actually, Eric lived in our basement for a while when he ran away from home. Anyway, um, so he started a band with Eric, and they started writing songs, uh, and, you know... We started going to their shows uh, in people's basements. But then that's when the thing with Steve happened at the, at, when we were working. I'm like, let's start a band too, you know? Once that started, we were attached at the hip. It was me, Steve, and Mark, and uh, Mark Grau, our first drummer. And I mean, I swear, uh, from my junior year to like the summer of senior year, I think I spent the day, I, I think I saw Mark. Every single day, like we counted, wow. like like we, it's been days since we haven't seen each other. You know, it was like we were so close, but um, I don't know. It, it, like we would, would you hang out with like your brother? Yeah, and, and that crowd, or were you guys well, like separate? We like, we had two separate crowds that were intermingled. It was weird because people thought there was like these rivalries between our bands and stuff. Weird. I'm like, he's my brother. Yo, how do you far, how far apart are you in age? About yeah. a year and a half, oh, two yeah. years in school, yeah, uh, barely anything. Yeah. So I mean, you know, but like. I would hang out with him and his friends, and he would come hang out with me and my friends. And yes, we would hang out together, but we did have our own cliques. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, it was interesting because his clique was not necessarily his band. His band was my age. 
Eric was in school with me. Uh, Emo, uh, it was, uh, Emo Manuel. Yeah. He's, he's actually playing live with Temple of Dome now. Yeah. He's, he was a year younger than me. And who else is it? Uh, Dave Lavezzi was also in uh, my age. Uh, I can't remember who else. He had so many bass players. But, um, I mean... It's stupid. People thought there was a rivalry, and I'm like, he's literally my brother. Yeah, right. We like, we like, we share a room. What are you talking about? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, so, what was that like? Like being in two different bands at the same time. You know, your your brother's on. You know, doing Farm Boy, and you're fucking rocking and rolling. You and Swizzle are trying to figure out like who you are and where you're going. Well, I'll tell you this. One of the weird things was, and I'm sure my brother got this a lot. Like, I appreciated it, but I didn't want to hear it. Is when people would come up to be like, "You're so much better than your brother." Like, do, do you really think I want to hear that? I mean, come on. He's my brother. I love him. I, I, and, like, I mean, well, I mean, I'll say this. I, I don't, I don't. you know, I mean, uh, he is the reason I'm in this. I mean, mm -hmm. he guided me. He was. Were you guys, my, like, pushing each other, though? Is that kind of what I'm getting at? Like, what no, was it, it like was being more, in that bedroom at night after you came home from being in your bands? And you know what eh, I mean? I mean, not really. Not so much. Our, our musical lives didn't really connect. Amazing. We were... Not on the writing level, not on like that kind of stuff, you know? Sure. But more than anything, to me, I just, uh, he and his abilities was something I was aspiring to, you know? I mean, what I can do with lyrics now is what he did like from the first song he ever wrote. Mm. Like he's, he's a poet. He's a natural poet, you know? He's writing a book right now. He's so good with just words. He's just so good with that. So, you know, like, I, you know, I just, and he would write such catchy catchy melodies like i remember listening to um like and this is after farm boy but i remember listening to lbc songs and being like does he just pick one word and decide this is the hook beware <laughs> i swear blame this I, I like every song was just such a hook i'm like how are you doing this you know because uh, and now uh, I'm, I'm in a place where um i'm trying to figure out how to write songs without hooks stuff like what radiohead does or i guess grateful dead or stuff like i, I haven't gotten there yet but and I know this sounds like a flex, like a brag, but I mean it almost like in a negative way. I can't write a song without a hook. I don't know how people do that when they write songs that you enjoy listening to, but there's no hook. Right. It's, I don't get it. I, I have to have that one catchy thing, you know, like it's, uh, I, I, I don't know how to do it. Otherwise, when I try to do that, I just don't like the song. It's boring. You know, I, I can't do it. Like, that's a hell of a talent, you know, to, to make something without a hook. Without a single thing that you walk away singing, but you thoroughly enjoyed it. Huh. That's hard. I'm trying to think of an example. Yeah, I know. Like, because it's like, if there's like well, a lack of Well, I mean, the, the, best, the best examples I'll find is uh -huh. some Radiohead songs. Okay. Because, you know, they, they were totally pop, you know, with Pablo Honey. Yeah. And as they evolved, they got a little more experimental with their stuff. Once they got past everything to like, let's say, past OK Computer to... Kid A and Amnesiac and yada yada. Yeah, there are some songs that I just love, and I don't know a single word from. I see what you're saying. And, and, I've heard, some and of a lot of their stuff yeah. is just like, oh yeah. god, just stop already. You know, it's just <laughs> so draining to listen to it. But the the hooky stuff, it's not hooks. I I don't know how to explain how they mm -hmm. do it. They make me enjoy listening to their music without a single thing walking away singing it. And I'm a singer, so it's weird for me, you know? Yeah, what's weird is, like, I'm trying to relate because I never got into Radiohead, if really? you can believe it or not. Not yeah. even, like, OK Computer. The, I mean, a little bands. bit from Darren playing in the uh -huh. room, you know, my brother. Um, but, I mean, like, I never put on one record and actually, like, wow. listened to it through. Okay, and yet, so... And yet, somehow, you can write songs without hooks all night. <laughs> right, right, right. 
Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I told you about the story with Derek. You know how he told me uh, how to fix my like the wrong note and yet. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. What led to that was a night of um, a certain type of intoxication, at and we were. I, everybody was jamming songs, you know. So first it was like a bunch of you know boots and pants and boots and pants and stuff. I'm like, okay, cool, this is trippy, whatever. Then our friend put on some fish, and I'm like, wow, I've never appreciated this on this level. And then I'm like, okay, now let's do some Radiohead. I was trying to put on Kid A, couldn't find it on my phone. This was before streaming was a regular thing, and uh, so I put on OK Computer. And as I listen to it, and I'm sitting there, you know, hallucinating, <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Uh, this is uh, this was. Uh, towards the end of Liquid Hot Magma when I was starting to do my own stuff. And I had this moment where I'm like, what the fuck is this? I am so mad. And everybody's like, what? I'm like, I have no idea what the hell they're playing and it works. Why can't I do that? Dude. They're not playing a major key or a minor key. They're playing something else and they make it work. Why can't I do this? And like that moment was, I didn't figure out how to do it. When I figured it out was how when Derek explained it. But that was my moment where I'm like, no. Screw this. I am going to figure this out. I don't care that everybody says, we don't know how to write to that. I'm going to figure out how to write to this, you know? And that's your path. Yeah. Like, and I, I learned about the harmonic minor and how that works in, like, how a lot of the things I've been doing are harmonic minors. Like, but it goes even beyond that. Like, it's, I, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. Okay. So, so here's something I love to do now. I've realized that if I write a melody and at a separate moment, I write a chord progression. It doesn't matter. As long as they're in the same time signature, I can fit this over that. Mm. Doesn't matter. No matter what, I can do it. All I have to do is alter a note here and there. And that's something I didn't think was possible before. You know, it's you just change every whatever is sour, you fix it, and all of a sudden you end up with a progression and a melody that you would not have come up with because right. you forced yourself to fit the line. Mm. Hmm. Interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Okay, let me show you another way to look at it. So when uh, my daughter's taking guitar classes, and I, I told her teacher about this. I played him some of my music, and I told him that, you know, it, it's fun because I'll write a melody, and then the challenge is finding the chord progression that fits under it. And then I played him some of my stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, that's blah, 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 this. And then I'm like, what are you talking about? So then he showed me the major scale, which I know. Then he's like, but now let's turn it into chords. And he said, this one's major, this one's minor, this one's major. And, like, he told me... He told me what they would be, you know, like A, B, C, D through, yeah, uh, through G, right? For you. And he mapped it out for me. And he said, this is your standard chords that fit with each other. What you're doing is putting in something else. So why don't you try this? On purpose, play the wrong chord. Hmm. Like, what? He's like, just, just do it. I, on purpose, just pick a wrong chord and play it. So now what I've been doing lately is I'll play a chord progression that I'm writing and I'll be like, okay, now I'm just going to pick a chord and change it. And I force myself to make it work with the melody and all of a sudden I have a hook I never would have come up with. Sure. It's amazing. I love it. Like, you know, everything can work if you make all the instruments flow together with it. Sure. You know? it's And that's just the most recent thing I've learned. I can't wait till I learn the next thing. It's... <laughs> yeah. So you're on a path of discovery of yeah. like not only yourself but trying to figure out a new way to invent songwriting yeah. in your circle. Of I want to teach people the shit I've learned. I want, yeah. I want to show people that there's no limits to... Um, no, that's the wrong way to put it. There are limits but there is no limit to how much you can write. Like, I mean, I have limits. I can't do, uh, you know, electronic dance music. I can't write a country song. But in my style, I will never run out of stuff to write. Sure. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I mean by no limits, you know? And yeah. I, I, 
I, I want to help other songwriters reach that. I want them to understand that there's no such thing as writer's block. You just don't think your current songs are as good as your old ones. <laughs> That's it. That's all it is, you know? Just, yeah. just stop judging yourself. Finish writing the song you're writing. Now write another one. Yeah. Do it six more times, and guess what? Your seventh one is going to be a fucking hit. Right. You know, that's just how it is. You, you can't be somebody that writes once in a while. Writing is like a muscle. It's a brain thing, and you have to write more so you can get better and better. That's, Absolutely. If you stop, it's so hard to start again. That's what all those self-help books about writing tell you. And, like, when you keep that voice memo thing going on a regular basis, like, it does help. It, it comes more freely. You know what I mean? I love that you said that, because another thing I read in one of those books is... Don't get hung up on any one thing that Not you think all. is great. Totally. I have so many things that are just like that that are so cool musically, but I haven't figured out how to make a song out of it yet. So mm -hmm. it's just on the back Put it burner. Aside. You'll yeah. find it again. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like it's cool stuff. But you know, that's that's the thing. Just never stop writing your next song. You know, that that's 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 the best advice I can give to any songwriter. Never stop writing. It, it, I mean, if you write a crappy song, don't stop. Finish your crappy song, mm. you know, and mm -hmm. and if you get stuck, okay, you know what was a huge thing for me is having kids. I suddenly was able to get past my lyrical block and write songs about boogers and dinosaurs <laughs> and like good songs about boogers right. and dinosaurs. And that's when I realized I'm like I could just do whatever. She is also a huge factor towards my my lyrical stuff. Like, okay, so I had a song. Uh, it's called When You're Brown. Uh, I released it under the Power Cosmic, and uh, when I was dating my previous girlfriend. I was playing the song and she was so offended because there's a line in the song where I go, when you're brown, the white girls don't go down. Oh. And, you know, she got so offended. And I'm like, do you really think this is about you? I mean, it's not true about you. You know, so why are you so offended? You know, and like, I just kind of felt um, compressed, like, like held back. Like, like, okay, you're not allowed to do this. This isn't okay. You can't do this. And... It, when we got together, before I released When You're Brown, I was doing this song, Butterfly. And uh, I told her, I'm like, I got this great song. It's, it's so awesome. I just got to fix the lyrics in the second half. She's like, what are the lyrics? I'm like, jacuzzis, lots of pretty girls, wearing itty bitty little bikinis. And before I even finished, she's like, what the hell's wrong with that? That's awesome. Yeah, right. My wife said this. And yeah, I'm like... Right. Oh my God, I love you. You know, I like, and, and that just opened you me up. You needed a cheerleader. I did. I yeah. needed somebody to tell me, it's okay. You're writing about sex and hot girls and uh, weed and yada yada, but you're not insulting anyone. You're not degrading anyone. You're not saying bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. That's not what I'm saying, you know? I even have a song that I have a feeling will not go over well later, but it's literally about very vulgar stuff about, you know, penis and whatnot. But the reality is it's a love song about how whipped I am over her. <laughs> but you know, if you have to listen to all the lyrics to get that. Yeah. Yeah. that most people that have heard it randomly are like, oh God, you're so bad. I'm like, like listen to the lyrics. I'm literally <laughs> saying I'm whipped. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like, I mean, when the chorus is my penis will bring you happiness whenever there's no sweat between us, you know, that <laughs> it's gonna, it, you know, so. Uh, it's a good one too. It's got a lot of good, it's, it's a ska song. It's awesome. Oh, nice. ska. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. There you go, ska boy. I've been calling Mike ska boy lately. Really? Yeah. Why are you so ska? I mean, how could I not be? Yeah, he's I always been so ska, say. man. You sleeping over there, Mike? I'm just, you know, taking it all. Thinking in. about ska bands. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> okay, but I love, I love ska bands. I gotta say that real quick. I just figured this out. So everybody sings the wrong words when they don't know what they are. 
And sometimes we just make up sounds when we don't know what they're singing, like with Radiohead. Crab Aziba. There's a Mighty Mighty Boston <laughs> song, all right, and I didn't know what the words were, so I thought it was the last Durana, uh, do it again, right? So I finally now, after 20 years, looked up the lyrics, and I was right. It is the last Durana, uh, do it again, but it's actually the last hurrah, nah. -uh. Do it again. Uh, I was like, oh, oh my God, shit. I was right. I, oh, did, I didn't shit. know it. It's actually right. That's great. Good ears. Good Rask ears. Rascal King, what's the rest? The, the Rascal King behind the bars and the one, the one in front of them. them. Yeah, yeah. Good song. Yeah, dude. Ska. Dude, ska bands have the best bass lines. I mean, yes. Fucking A. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I have nothing wrong with Sky. I just oh, the Sky's uh, amazing. You talking shit about Sky? Yeah. I'll fuck you up, yeah, motherfucker. Right. Except <laughs> I got this guy over here. Sky boy. <laughs> well, you... you you know, that's another thing that I, I, I loved about just like being done with bands and doing my own project. Um, I stopped having a genre. Mm -hmm. Like, I, everything is different. I mean, like, if, if you were to listen to all of my songs, you probably wouldn't like them all because they're all jumping from genre to genre. And, like, it's, it's, it's something but, that but what Beck you, inspired me what to What you do have with Temple of Dome is a common thread with the concept. Right. You yes. Know, which is fucking brilliant. Yeah. Well, people you know? will tell me that my voice is the thing that that makes it all the same, but you know it's a. Uh, oh man, I I don't know. I feel like it is the right choice to have a style, build a following, and they know what to expect and like what you do. But I imagine for many many artists, it's limiting. Sure, Sugar Ray, for example. Yeah, I remember him saying these are not the type of songs we do, but since that's the hit we had, I just want to fly. We're gonna write more songs like that. Yeah, well. Yeah, they were. Super and punk, I, right? To begin with. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, make an assumption here, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. But this also applies to Play My Tees. I, yep, yep. I, was I, just re about to say I remember enough. the story yeah. about uh, Hey There, Delilah, and I remember my brother telling me this. He's like, "Yeah, Tom called me, and he was unsure because he said he thinks he wrote a hit, but and my brother's like, okay, yeah, that's great, that's awesome.' And Tom's like. Yeah, but dude, it's nothing like any of our other songs. Mm -hmm. And I love what my brother said to him. He's like, is it a good song? And Tom's like, yeah. He's like, then just do it. Right. And I know I'm paraphrasing here. I don't know exactly what the conversation was, but dude, that's the reality of it. If, I mean, it's not like Tom has to write a bunch of Hey There Delilah's. It's just that he wrote this one. Mm -hmm. And it's great. Who cares if it's not like the rest of your songs? It's yeah. awesome. Look at Stained. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I'm feeling those lighters, everybody. I mean, come on. It's, that one song made them huge, but they're like a heavy metal band. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Goo Goo Dolls, similar. Yes. Yeah. You know, isn't uh, name quite a bit different than most of their stuff? I mean, they definitely and started they out. started doing more yeah, like that. But major before, punk band. But yeah, they were, yeah. they were like a punk band before that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I just say, I really hope they open up for Lady Gaga so we can have a Goo Goo Gaga tour. Goo Goo Gaga. <laughs> fucking A. That is good. <laughs> no, that'd that'd go. be awesome. Yeah. yeah fucking A. Jesus. Uh, so, do you guys, are you actively writing more music together? Constantly. Yeah, constantly? Well, okay. At, at this point, I'm obviously the main songwriter in, in this group, but... I I don't know. I, I like I, what I love about this is the guitarist I work with, he is great and he gives me stuff and I turn it into songs, but he will never hesitate to say, "Oh, that's great. I'll just play that." You know, like cuz I I'll, I'll write stuff and he'll just be like, "Yeah, let, let's do this." And I I I'll literally sit there with him and make him record the perfect version of it, uh, you know, of of the thing I wrote, you know, um like uh okay, a song we just released, Mary Jane, um 
the lead. Okay, the first of all, the chorus. Okay, you know what? Let me go to that story first. <laughs> so that story started. Okay, that song started. I was at my brother's house. He had a new guitar. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna play this. And I just I was obsessed with chromatic stuff. So I wrote something that was, um, I think it was like six chromatic notes in a row in a progression. And I'm like, this is so cool, dude. I got six chromatic notes in a row, but I have a full like, like plucking pattern throughout all of it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, those things are cool, but you know, like they become like intros and whatnot because you can't really sing over them. I'm like, Watch challenge accepted. No. <laughs> so, so I took it even further. I, now that that riff, it does 11 chromatic notes and then goes back to the root. Mm. And you know, it, but it's not like it's and it's like, you know, complicated. And I put a three-part harmony over it and it became my chorus. I'm like, oh yeah. You, you like a lot of movement in your in your I songs. Do. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of all the instruments doing the same thing. It, it, and I don't mean that as, a, as an insult to people who do it that way. It's right, just, yeah. I, I, like, I like pushing the limits. I love when a weird rhythm comes up because your bass player is doing something one way and your guitarist is doing something the other way. And like, instead of having dun dun cha jika chan cha and do 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 you ha- end yeah. up with chung chun do da dun ding do and like they interact with each other you know right that i love that kind of stuff you know it, it and i found that i i one of my favorite things about music theory about getting so much better at it and i'm by no means an expert i'm nowhere near the like the really good people but after everything i've learned i still write things that i have no idea what the hell they are yeah. and i just go with it because it sounds good Right, like you know, people say, "Oh, you learn too much theory, and you're gonna get all technical." Fine, I get technical to figure out everything else after I write the main part. You know, because if you don't know the technical stuff, how are you gonna find your harmony? Well, you're falling in love with your craft. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, like, basically, you went from like, "Oh, we're in high school, drinking some beers." Now, like, I'm so fucking in love with music. I want to know every single fucking I aspect do. of it. I you do. Know? That's Which why is- I want to write with so many different people that write different from me to push my limits. You know, I. I and, got you know, the perfect club for you. We'll talk about it after this. It's it's <laughs> frustrating though, you know what I mean? Because the people I'm friends with that uh, I would want to write with, they're actually much more successful than me in in their music, and they don't have time for me. And and I and I get that. I'm I, I'm no way talking shit, but like you know, I want to write with people. I really do. I I feel like you're the secret weapon. I am, dude. I'm telling you, <laughs> I I know how to take everybody's song to the next level I mean, without forcing my ideas on it. That's something I've wanted I'm a, to. I'm available like here after this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm down, dude. I'm so serious. I want to write with anybody. Okay, so I talked to uh, Adam, about Adam Cryer about yeah. it. And I'm like, hey, let's write some songs together. And something he said, I was like, that's just not true. He said, okay, well, yeah, let's do it, but I can't guarantee anything good will come of it. <laughs> and I, I didn't say this, but I wanted to say, well, I can yeah. because I don't write bad songs. I may not write a hit every time, but I will never write something that's not good. Yeah. If it's not good, I move on to the next idea. That's the whole point, you know? And if you've ever heard of the concept of polishing a turd, <laughs> I can turn something just obnoxious and annoying into something that's pleasant to listen to. Mm-hmm. So if we take something good, it's just gonna be amazing. But the idea that Adam Cryer is not gonna write something good, is just hard for me to believe. Yeah, he's just being <laughs> all shucks. Man. Yeah, I know, right? That's what I'm saying. It's like, but that's the, that's the reality of it. I mean, not every song needs to be a hit. But it doesn't mean every song you write isn't going to be good. Yeah. I refer to to Adam as the only rock star in Chicago. <laughs> the only real fucking one at that point. Yeah, yeah. That he, guy. He embraces his... Yeah. I mean... I don't know. I mean, I feel like... I, I guess I could be one, but I'm not rock star. I'd be a songwriter. You know, like... like I don't have that image. Mm-hmm. You know, I, oh my God, I actually wrote a song about that. 
Uh, I haven't released it yet, but it's called nice. Cool Like You. Nice. Yeah. I'll play it for you guys after this. Yeah. But, fuck yeah. Um, uh, Brad Chagdis actually played on that one. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was funny too because like I wanted, him, I wanted him to sing some parts. He's like, I don't know if I can hit that note. I'm like, listen, I've listened to your track. I checked what note you hit. I know you can hit it. <laughs> hit the damn note. <laughs> and his voice is so cool. Yeah, when he you gotta smack notes. his ass a little bit. He's getting all down in the dumps. We gotta get him writing again. Actually, our next. Oh, yeah, I, I just I just started writing a song for him. Oh, fuck but, yeah, man. he he, my brother and I have like this text thread. We we talk a lot about our songs, and he's been working on stuff. And he's like, you guys have anything for me? I'm like. No, but let me write something. So I just started writing something like a few days ago and I sent it to him and it's it's cool. So I'm like, I'm excited. I, I hope he writes it with me, but if not, I'll write a song for him. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love it. I got a song for you. Yeah? That I started, didn't finish. It's about polishing let's, turds. Let's do it. Fuck yeah, yeah dude. I'm, I'm gonna, so serious. I, you're going to finish it. <laughs> okay. Make it happen. Bring it to and me, you're man. And you're going to put it out. I, uh, we, we have this thing. <laughs> We t- I'll just briefly, because we talk about it on like, every pod that we've already done so far, but Mike and I will send each other like two-minute song ideas. It, it doesn't matter what the fuck it is. I'll throw just, in the occasional just, uh, joke, joke yeah. one as well. So like you know, over the last couple of days, we're on a thread together, and like they'll say something ridiculous, and then I take it, and I go in my bathroom, and I fucking write something to it really yep. quick. And like I even went a step further the other night. I made some album artwork. I thought it was pretty. <laughs> Moose Knuckle Joe. Yeah, it's a great it's, uh, song. I think you'd like it. It's good because, man, your strongest suit is, like, letting it rip uh, kind of improv, honest to God. Yeah. Like, when you used to write those kind of songs when we were kids, that's some of your best work, dude. Yeah, and I think <laughs> see, getting to the whole writing thing and kind of where you're going with all this, I think what we've been realizing is that by, if you say, like, hey, I got to go take a big shit today, and you turn that into a song. I did, actually. Uh-huh. Our, our drummer, Amo, did that, too. Fuck yeah, you guys. Yeah, dude. He was talking about a shit that was like really tough, and then the girls come up to him. They're like, "Who's that girl that broke your heart?" He's like, "I was talking about her taking a shit." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue, continue. No, but so what we've been finding out is that like it loosens you up to the point where you're, you know, Loses. you're not, you don't give a fuck, right? <laughs> so you're like, you're, you're passionate, you're right, but you're not thinking about it. Well, it's just kind of something to get the creative mm-hmm. wheels in motion. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't matter what the fuck you're writing. Sent something over, and we stopped doing it. We shouldn't have stopped. Oh, we. I mean, I asked you the other day. I sent you. A, uh, what did I send you? Uh, something about the Camaro or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. But yeah, just just writing or just hearing something in your head and trying to make it happen. You know, but in the box or whatever. What we were talking about. So we had Deanna Bellis on the show, and we we're uh, from Sincere Engineer, and we were talking about getting like a group of people together to kind of do like instead of just the two of us. And like doing that, so maybe we do that. Yes, that'd please. be super fun. Hundred percent. That's like one. Okay, so uh, Temple of Dome released a song called Day Drinker with our first EP. Mm-hmm. On that, uh, on that song are uh, a lot of guest singers. Uh, let me try to name them all. Hold on, let's see. Uh, shit. My God. Okay, so uh, Johnny Smith, uh, Schmidt, Schmidt. Yeah. All right. Uh, he's on it. Ramsey and Derek Hassan are on it. My brother's on it. Brad was on it. Um. Somebody from Alistair. Who was Alistair? God, I, Damn. I'm trying to blank. I, there's so many names. I'm trying to put it all together. Like, all these people came in. Uh, he, uh, oh, it was Tim. Tim from Alistair. He he actually wasn't there that day. But everybody else, I invited out to Amo Studio. And I said, we're going to do this song together. And every single one of them got their own lead line at the end of the song. Was it like, we are the world shit or what? Uh, kind of, but it's sing- it's about day drinking. Okay. You know, oh, I, wait, no, I know. I fucking heard you, it. Yeah. So you heard yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the end of that song, yeah. it's me going, uh, I'm a day drinker and singing something, and then the next guy, then me, then the next guy, then okay. me. Then, and then like, like, 
I lined it after it was all done. Brad comes up to me, he's like, this is the most complex arrangement I've ever seen for a song. I'm like, yeah, dude, nobody, usually people don't have seven lead singers on a song, you know? But it was awesome. Unless you're One Life. Oh, yeah, true, true. Yeah. God, what I would give to have all the vocals from One Life with me live. I write some uh, awesome vocal stuff that just, I, I don't have any other singers in my band. I have to figure out how to do Everything I've done recorded live with one voice. It's rough. Mm. Yeah, but that that's what's making you... You do a great yeah. fucking job. Thank you. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, I, honestly, like one of my favorite things is uh, when I'm singing a line to switch between my lead and my harmony so I can hit that higher note at the end and yada yada. Like it's, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's exciting to do that stuff with... I, I feel like it's like the kind of thing we used to do when we'd be like, okay, we got to play acoustic, but this song's rock. How do we change it? You know, and like that's what I'm doing with my voice. I have six voices on here, but it's just me. How do I change it? And it's fun, you know, to push my limits to see if I can make a song sound as good as recorded without all the harmonies. Yeah. yeah. Let's get to the video portion because you're making some fucking kick ass fucking yeah, videos. Man. So, the next video, it's actually done. I'm just being lazy about releasing it. Uh, it the song we released was 10 Joint Challenge a few months ago. Uh, but that's the. <laughs> By best. the way, you know what you texted me, right? What when I that? asked you to be on the podcast, or were you so fucking out of it you don't remember? <laughs> well, I asked you to smoke, right? <laughs> you were like. First of all, do you smoke? And I'm like, no. And you're like, oh, man. He's like, well, I'm shooting this video tomorrow, and I need somebody that can smoke like a fucking thousand joints. Yes. Oh, my God. Dude, it was intense. By the end of that video, I'm like, I'm so glad we're done because I can't focus right now. <laughs> I mean, how in the fuck did you? It, I mean, okay, I mean, it's it was intense. I, I mean, I'm sure we smoked about 26, 27 joints that day. But Jeez. It, I mean, the video is hilarious. I'm embracing my inner Beetlejuice in it. I'll show you guys the video later. Nice. But, uh... Yeah, when you say 26, 27, how many people? 10 people. And it's a 10-joint challenge. Each person gets one joint, and you pass to the left, take from the right. That's literally the lyrics in the song. Oh, my God. And, uh... And, and like the point is, you don't. So technically, it's the equivalent of smoking. Did you shit your pants? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But no, I mean, it, okay, it's the equivalent of smoking a joint by yourself without ever taking a break between hits. Okay. Wow. So you know, you pass to the left, you get the next joint, take a hit. Pass to the left, take a next. That's the ten joint challenge. Amazing. And the lyrics are literal. That that guy almost did die falling off the balcony, and oh yada yada. He fainted after it. You know, it's, it's crazy stuff. I mean, he didn't fall off. But I'm saying he could have died if he fell off. Hmm. But still, yeah. So the videos. Okay, so the videos are a prelude to something I want to do. I don't know if I can. I'm going to try. I'm working on it. I want to have a musical nice. about, about weed. Nice. I've got 13 songs already, and I can write 100 more if I need to. It's oh, not a problem. Shit. You know, there's unlimited things I can say about it. But I want to, I got to figure out everything else besides the songs. Because, you know, like in a wow. musical, even the dialogue is sung. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I got to figure all that out. Uh, actually, Ramsey Hassan is is totally gonna work with me. On, he, I guess he has a musical theater background from high school, so uh-huh. we're gonna work on that together. I Speaking hope of point. fucking Ramsey, not to get off the track, what in the fuck is he doing? He's Ramsey and the Loafers. Yeah, he wants so to play he, music again. So yeah, so is he just doing all the Loafer songs? I don't know if he's writing new stuff, but yes, I mean that. From what I understand, that's what he's doing. Uh, so good for him. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, kick ass, dude. It depresses me when I think about how many people aren't making music anymore. Like. Mm. Like, Steve Crock is a really good songwriter. It's so sad that he's not doing it all the time anymore. I guess he doesn't want to, uh, but the handful of songs he wrote after Swizzle Tree, I'm like, 
this is so good, you know. I, I just want to encourage him, but and he didn't record him. Uh, he released one of them, but I don't know where. Like, it's not on iTunes. Uh, so yeah, I remember a while back. I you know I follow obviously everything on his socials and stuff or whatever. But he was like singing a fucking song on an acoustic or something on his Instagram story or something. Yeah, it was really fucking good. Yeah, there's this one song he did, "Promise You." It was so good. Uh, but like, I, I mean, I guess it's just not what he's doing anymore. But. I mean, what is he doing? Just like full time booking? Yeah, bands booking and, and you know, just right? you know, yeah. you know, living life. You know, he, he's uh, I, I don't know the full situation, but he, you know, he's got um, uh, a girlfriend and a kid. They're all living together, and you know, they're yeah. you know, living their life. You know, are you guys all still kind of talking and stuff? I mean, yes and no. I mean, there's no bad blood if, if that's what you're wondering. But our talking is very rare, and that's just a matter of convenience. You know, yeah. like we don't. I don't do anything anymore. I'm, I'm a dad. I stay at home and uh, I hang out with my family. If we, like, you know, ha a party with people, it's usually because we're like, hey, the kids are asleep. Do you want to come over? You know, it's stuff like that, you know? Yeah, right. So I don't really go out and hang out with people. And Steve is still in the business where he's out at the venues and stuff, you know? So it's like we don't hook up as much. Tadish I see all the time. He's actually oh, yeah. living in my apartment building. So, you know, I, I, I'm his landlord technically, so I see him all the time. Really? So, you know, we hang out a lot. Um, but... Yeah, besides that, I mean, Jiggles is living in Arizona. Yeah. So I, don't, I never see him, obviously. But Amo, I see all the time because, you know, I go to the studio to record. So that's right. spectacular. Where um, where do you hope to be in the next couple of years? Well, I mean, I don't have any delusions of grandeur here, but it frustrates me that when I get to the best point of songwriting, I have no way of getting it out there. It's mm. so frustrating. Like. I'm happy making songs, making music for myself, and I'm happy that the handful of people that hear it are blown away. But I don't know. I feel like I could write songs for movies. I feel like I write songs for other people. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel like there is no limit I could do it when it comes to the writing part of it. Yeah. I just have no business sense. I, my my uh, videos would probably be out sooner if I had a manager or a label, mm -hmm. you know, just because it's all on me, and I'm not that guy. I'm the songwriter. I'm the guy that gets the music. I'm the guy that does that, but I'm not... The business guy and i yeah. force it on myself i try but i don't know how to promote stuff and that that's where i'm stuck dude, i mean i'm with you dude yeah it's frustrating you know i mean everybody that hears it is blown away but none of them know how to bring it to the next level i i can't Im I, I feel like i've definitely written songs that could easily be on the radio but who's gonna do it for me i don't yeah. know how to do that so as far as i'm concerned i'm just gonna keep doing what i'm doing i'm i if i could afford it i mean i'm not rich so that's another problem if I could afford it, I could easily release a song every two weeks. Because nice. I don't see any reason why I can't write another one. It's, if, if that was my job, if I, would, if, if I got to make music eight hours a day, I would never run out of ideas. I just don't <laughs> think I will. I, I just don't right. see that as a possibility. I mean, I think that's all of our, you know, if we could be strapped down, not being, uh, you know. But see, that, I mean, that's the thing. I'm spending money on making music, not making money. And I mean, yeah, it's... I mean, it's expensive, you know, and but I don't care. It's the moments in Swizzle Tree and Liquid Hot Magma when we weren't writing songs. I, I didn't know this at the time, but I was depressed. That's what was wrong with me. We weren't making music. I need music. It's it, it's it's just the thing that levels me out. You know, it, it, it's the thing that keeps me sane. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it's like the whole thing. If you make, you know, like you, you just got to keep making the music. Don't worry about how it's going to get put out. Don't worry about like how you're going to work some social shit that people aren't really even paying attention to, for, except for a split second mm -hmm. and then you scroll to the next fucking thing. 
I would say just keep writing fucking songs, mm -hmm. and then sooner or later, you're gonna fucking meet people. You know what I mean? Like it's a whole new world out there, and we don't really even understand because you and I have been so removed from that mm -hmm. shit. You know what I mean? You know what? I'm. Oh, sorry. You were gonna say something. I would. Well. I would say get on the social media shit and blast that stuff out. Because that's, that's kind of where we're at, you know. See, this is where I'm stuck, okay? Um, uh, without getting into a sob story, my social life was hell until I met Steve. I, I, you know, I was the guy with the cooties, so I had zero friends in grade school. Uh, people would accidentally touch me and have to go run to the bathroom to wash their hands. Like, Jesus. it was that bad. It was pretty bad. That ended in junior high, but at that point, I had not developed <coughs> social abilities yet. I didn't know how to be friends. The only things I knew was to act like the kids from sitcoms, which is not how human beings behave. <laughs> you know, so like it was hell. You know, I, I I couldn't I couldn't figure that stuff out and I'm still suffering from it. Like the bullying really had a massive impact on me. Every time I'm writing a post, I'm having an anxiety attack. Yeah. Every every time I'm like even coming here, even though I know you guys, it's so anxious, you know? I have to like block that and say, These are my friends, I'm gonna go hang out. But like it's just this thing I have trouble letting go of. So I don't have the natural skills that social media need. You know, it's not about not getting computers. It's about not getting how to be social. Somehow, I think on Facebook or whatever, uh, back to my dealer showed up in my feed and mm -hmm. I was, you know, A, blown away by the song me, and the video and your fucking performance. Yes. was I was like, holy fuck, and I'm showing... You know, showing the band. I'm showing all my friends and sending it to these guys. I'm like, fuck yeah. it, hey, look at you know, yep. this is amazing. That's all it takes is a post. Yeah, we got to talk about that. And there was, uh... I don't even know if you wrote anything. <laughs> you know, I just clicked play on the fucking yep. video and I was like, damn. Yeah, I'm not saying. Let's fucking I'm go. not saying don't post shit. I'm just saying like, <laughs> <laughs> concentrate on the fucking music. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Everything but, you know, else will come. Right. But I would say make that a part of it. Here's you know, your. You I, write I a song. You put it out. Thank you. I mean, okay, so I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, so Mary Jane, I didn't put out right away because it wasn't good enough. Uh, there was issues in my vocal and stuff. Like, uh, I, I even actually posted something about that. And I, there was this one line where I'm like, "When you're down to a dime bag," but like, the "When <laughs> sucked." The "When" was awful. I just couldn't do it. So like, uh. so I, I I was late releasing it, but. I was even later releasing it because I have anxiety and I was like, should I put it out yet? Should I put it out yet? Like, totally, It's dude. stupid. Like, I need... I wish I had somebody managing me that was just like, yeah, dude, give me the song. Let's do it. You yeah, know, like, yeah. I, I could I could write music un indefinitely, but this other stuff, it just... It breaks me. You know, it's mm -hmm. hard. I don't yeah. know how to deal with it. You want, you want to hear what heal, heals the anxiety? Oh, yes. that's a Waterloo. Sorry, <laughs> dude. Sorry, dude. <laughs> this segment brought to you by Waterloo. <laughs> Um, no, I wanted to talk about that, North though, because when I saw uh, and heard Back to My Dealer, like, first I thought, this is one of the best songs, if not the best song I've ever heard you write. Like, it's incredible. And I think that would work on the radio very well. Um, but yeah, that video, man, you perform the hell out of it. Like, you are so charismatic and like yeah. eminently likable in that video it's perfect dude what like, we're fucking so trying impressed. to tell you it's very hard to do it's so hard if, to do if you can pull that off you can post <laughs> shit on social media when, when people, yeah. you know yeah when people put a camera in your face dude that's not easy man okay so we love swizzle tree we love everything you've done mm -hmm. but my brother fucking told me he goes have you seen that fucking video exactly there's something about this fucking guy and what he's doing right now yep that is it 
Like, whatever the fuck you're doing right now, dude, it's it. <laughs> I think I watched it like 20 times. Yeah. Joke. Thank you. For real. That, uh, man, you know, like, the vocals on that, I've never sung like that really before. Like, it's, um... It's a little emulating screamo emo stuff a mm. bit, you know, like with like squeaky shit in my voice. But you know, okay, that's something I've been talking about. I talked about theory. I talked about lyrics. With my voice, I remember when uh, when Lauren and I first got together. Her mom is she's uh, um, she loves music and she knows music like to the point where like there was this uh, funny story. Some kids pulled up next to her, rocking out LBC. Huh. And they're like, hey, lady, you know what this song is? And she totally told them, yeah, it's blah, blah, blah. They're like, whoa. Yeah, it's, like, it's 4080 shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I remember telling her that, you know, okay, so we're putting on, this was during Liquid Hot Magma. And I'm like, yeah, we're putting out a record. We're doing this and that. And, you know, I was talking to her about it. And I was telling her, I'm like, you know, I just, I just want to reach this new level in my vocal. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, and I told her about, uh, okay, so there, I'm going to tell, tell you a handful of uh, artists I'm inspired by. But this one specifically, Motley Crue. There's a Home Sweet Home, that song. Just the way he says the word night. Mm. And I'm like, this is a ballad. What the hell? You know, <laughs> and I heard that. I'm like, so you don't have to sound like a pussy when you sing a ballad. Like, that was a new thing for my mind. You know, I didn't yeah. get it. And so I, I remember telling her mom, Barb, I'm like, I just want to sing and sound like a badass. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, okay, I get that. I'm like, that, that's it. I'm like, I want to, I, I can always hit the notes. I can always do harmonies, but I want to, I want to emote. I want to, it reminds me of something my ex-girlfriend said. She's like, I, I wish you would just sing a song where I can feel it. And that yeah. hurt. Whoa, my God, did dude. that hurt. Like you haven't done it yet, right? Like, but it, it made me realize that I didn't. I never cared as much about feeling as much as I did about hitting the notes. Mm. And that's how Swizzle Tree was, you know? And after that, like I, I really started paying attention to stuff. Pay attention to Mike Patton. I listened to something Chris Cornell said. He's like, my goal was always to see what's the next weird thing I could do in my voice. I, I, you know, I... I like I just listen to corn and like uh, Nicki Minaj doing stick with her voice, mm -hmm. like, and I realized the weirder you are, and you embrace it and turn it musical, the right. more people are gonna like it. Yeah. Does anybody care to hear Billy Corgan's voice if he's not singing? That sucks. I hate his voice, but man, does he nail it? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and that that's when I realized I'm like I'm just gonna do whatever the hell comes to mind. And I just started doing weird noises with my voice. Like, you know, just... There's a song... Oh, wait, wait, fuck. Which one is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Life. Uh, the Life, and if you want to look it up, is The Life by The Power Cosmic. My daughter loves this song. And uh, I do, too, because of the message. The chorus is, you got to learn to love the life you're living. You know, and this is something that I wrote after Swizzle Tree because I was like, I don't care. This is music. This is my life. I'm happy. You know, I wrote it. But there's a moment in there where I go... Uh, where like the song, uh, the, the chorus ends and it's like going into like a little bridge thing, and I'm just like, um, da -da 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 I just did that, and I'm awesome. like, and like I heard it, and I'm like, this is awesome! Oh my god! Like, it, you know, I just started embracing being stupid and weird, and it just being suddenly, you. yeah, and it brought me to a whole new level of like being able to express myself with my voice, you yeah, know? Because up to this point, you've been hiding. Yeah, I really was, you know, and I, I didn't know what I could do with my voice. And then I realized, like, I'm actually really good at doing weird voices and stuff, so I'm just going to start doing them while I sing, you know? Well, like, it's fucking working, because, I, like I said, I when I walked into that room, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? 
There's no fucking way that this is the same fucking song. You were just like everything about you was different. And our conversation all night long was so positive, and it's like holy shit. So two and a half years later, here we fucking are with fucking crotch rockets popping wheelies on North Avenue. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Somebody sitting in the McGregor's parking lot where fucking everything used to happen right behind us. <laughs> Man. Dude, I actually uh, did some of that vocal stuff with my side project yeah. stuff, and it was so fun. Like, it was mostly messing around on GarageBand, like in the demo uh, phase and stuff. But instead of doing like uh, a solo section, I did this kind of low to high growl thing. Yeah, and I just messed with it and messed with it, and it's like it can't be re reproduced. It's like it's an original thought, you know? Mm -hmm. It's an original thing, you know? Actually, speaking of GarageBand. I record everything on it. Yeah, all my all my professional recordings are me recording at home on GarageBand, oh, sending it to studio, and Amo does it. In yeah, Tools. I have definitely made things on GarageBand. I feel like, dude, if someone mixes this, it's perfectly ready mm -hmm. to go. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah, I yeah. listened to this whole. Um, it was some kind of uh, YouTube video today with Patrick Stump, like actually doing a song on GarageBand and showing how it works and all this shit. I don't even know what year it was from, mm -hmm. but. It was pretty kick-ass. Like, I, I never fuck with that. I went straight to Logic. And that's what I'm learning on. Mm -hmm. But it Logic's was just like, cool too, yeah. there's benefits of both from mm -hmm. what I learned today, you know? So it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, for like somebody like me that's not it. very computer literate, GarageBand's the shit. Exactly. I Same love here. it. I mean, and... How, am I, how many of us uh, suck at the computer? Raise your hand. Oh, Three God. out of four. Here. Yeah. Four to five. Fucking... Tundo's what happened? One, yeah. I don't know, man. And it's weird. Like, I was telling you before, I, I am a math and science brain. I mean, I, I'm... I was like years ahead in math when school and you know and when it comes to science I, I really don't know anybody that knows more than me. It's weird because I don't know any actual scientists, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm but like I get it. I really do. Like science is just science is normal to me. It makes perfect sense thinking about black holes and neutron stars and thinking Love about how stuff, how man. weather affects this and that. To think about the ionosphere like just chemicals and everything makes perfect sense to me. Why can't I figure out computer science? Yeah. I can't do it. I don't get it. I, it's weird. It's just the one thing that my brain will not let me understand. It's because you're a Mac guy. <laughs> that <laughs> is, is true. P he is the PC guy. In the and room. who's the guy that knows about computers? And this, the, that's that, me. That guy. Uh, I'm just saying. Well, the I reason I'm a Mac guy is because I don't know about computers. It, 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 but it's, it's made for it, the dummy. It, it, I'm going to so take a picture of you right now with that fucking you know? Mac. <laughs> you're a liar. It's like, do not we post that. Toss us in the trash. <laughs> I, seriously though, I, what I can do with GarageBand is mind blowing. The, the even the horns in it, I used to use horn section, but then uh, after a talk with Ramsey, I, I, I you know I, Ramsey and Derek and a few other horn people, I'm like, what do I need for horn section? They told me which instruments I need, sure. where they should be, and what octave. And then I went and like, oh, I wish I had a picture of it. There is a piece of paper next to my studio that that I printed out. It is. Steve cracks penis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it is uh, the horns that I like to use and the range in MIDI that I am allowed to do that's a real horn note they can play. Because yeah. MIDI will let you go beyond the note. So I don't do that. So I make it real. But then be after that, I have the breakdown of the chords I told you about. You know how, uh, yeah. how uh, the chords of a major scale. And I always look at that. I'm like, oh, crap. I'm using the normal thing. Okay, change dance to a minor. You know, like I'm doing it all the time. Like it's, I have these little notes written down, but... Yeah, it's crazy because like I would never write like that. Like I just like fucking. What I wake up, I got a song, I fuck, boom, I put it down. Let it rip. Yeah, I've I've found myself quite often suddenly changing something at the end of a melody to make it a harmonic minor. Like that happens a lot, you know, and just it gives you a suspense you didn't expect. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's 
I mean, honestly, I I just love testing myself. I love pushing my lo- boundaries. Oh, like one example. There's a uh, you guys know Jackie Pencado? Yeah. Okay, so her boyfriend, he makes like electronic music or whatever, and I was like, okay, send me something. So uh, I'm I'm like, I'll, I'll write something for you, and he sends me something, and uh, I create a. This song out of it, like he sent me just this long thing. I'm like, okay, this is messed up. I'm mean, I gotta figure out what this is, and it forced me to to do something I'd never done before, which is sing to the chords, not change the chords to the singing. Mm-hmm. So like, what chords were there didn't work with my melodies, and I was forced to change them to fit. But the best part was like, after I sent it back to him, he's like, holy shit, this is not what I expected. Like, this is a hit, you know? Like, it's just I never wrote an electronic type song before, but it's like. I didn't even know what to write about, so I'm like, I'm just gonna write about dancing because people like to dance to this shit. <laughs> I mean, I'll play you guys a song later, but like, yeah. it's so cool. Like, uh, we we had a we had a New Year's Eve party at my house, and like, you know, uh, without going into details of what we were doing, like, Jackie and uh, and uh, Steve Steve's her boyfriend, he's like, they made me play that song like 15 times in a row. Like awesome. it was, so, they're like, this is so cool. I'm like. I'm like, I just want more people to push my limits. I want to find somebody that writes country music to be forced me to write that. I want somebody, I want to write a song with Tom. Mm-hmm. I have some fucking songs that are so plain white tees. Nice. And I mean, I mean, and you know what? I'm making an assumption here and I bet it's not even true, but I felt inferior in, in our group of bands. Like I never felt like I was at everybody else's level. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of my childhood, but like, when I talked to people from our from back in the day, like talking to you was amazing. Because more often than not, when I talk to people like Tom or Dan Monahan or just whoever, I just feel like uh, you know, they know me from before and have no idea what I can do now. Like they, like why would anybody know? Everybody knows what I did in Swizzle Tree and I was that dude that went up there that didn't know shit about music that just sang. You know, and like I I, yeah. I, I owned it and I got good at what I was doing, but I can't imagine it was impressive to musicians as much as it was impressive to the fans. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know. I disagree. I mean, I, yeah. you I think I'm, not, I think I'm knocking myself way more than I need to, but yeah. it's, it's just because I, it frustrates me that I figured all this stuff out after my big band. Well, no, no, no. This is the best part of it. This, mm. is, this is the best time to be living and the best time to be writing music. True. We were all students. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like fucking, I'm embarrassed of uh, you know a lot of shit that I wrote and stuff, and you know, but that was then. Uh, I've learned a shit ton now. I'm learning a shit ton right now, right? It's all about learning as we get older and fucking finding out who the fuck you are. I too, you know, got my ass kicked and a bunch of crazy shit as a kid. So, you know, I've had this kind of like complex with stuff like that, and um, it, I'm just now fucking finding myself too. I, when we started this podcast, Mike's like. Yeah, let's do a fuck podcast. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I could do that. And now I fucking love it. I love talking. Yes. To you know what I mean? It's comfortable. Yeah, man. It's, you know, it's fun. You you, you got to have you fucking have, fun. You know, and like, uh, it's it's nice to go into things with a little bit of anxiety because it's not it's not nerves. It's excitement. Exactly. Totally. You know, I, yeah, that's what I tell people. Like, like when I'm getting on stage and they're like, "Are you nervous?" I'm like, "No, I think everybody out there hates me, but I'm still excited." Right? <laughs> you know, like, like, that's seriously how I feel. And like. The, the show you're talking about, I, I was elated that by the second chorus of Back to My Dealer, everybody was singing it. Nice. Nobody had ever heard the song before. I'm right. like, oh my God, this is so cool. You know, it was, it was oh, mind-blowing. It's, you know, well, I, it's well constructed, man. That's the thing. Are you going to do some more videos? Yeah, the second video is done. It's ready. Uh, it's, it's on my phone. I'll show it to you guys after this podcast. And uh, after, Well, here's the thing I've decided. All right? 
I'm just going to accept that nothing's going to happen in the order I want it to. I don't have a label, I don't have a manager, and I got no money. So I, like right now, uh, I just released The Mooch, which I think <laughs> might be the catchiest song I've ever the written. The Mooch. It's, I don't know if you guys have listened to it, but it, it, it might be better than Back to My Dealer. I don't wow. know. But like, I'm not going to make a video for it till next year. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm just, I still want to make a video, so I'm just going to do it later. And you know, yeah. that's fine. Like right now, the video we're about to release is for a song I released like four months ago, you know, mm-hmm. or three months ago. And the main reason I don't want to do the Mooch video right now, even though we released it, is because we were releasing a song on November 20th, as long as I can finish it by then. Uh, it's a weed Christmas song. Perfect. So I want to do a Fuck video yeah. for that first, you know? Yeah, so, that's a good idea. So I want to do that. But uh, then, you know, then after that, I'm going to do the video for the Mooch. I have a, a song called Bag in My Pocket that I really want to do a video for that one. <laughs> and then, of course, the song I wrote with my brother's help, It Helps Me Sleep. I got to do one for that. It's... It's the only song I've done that's all MIDI tracks. I rec- I, I made every sound on it. Awesome. It's, yeah, it's exciting. That'd be pretty impressive, man. If you have like a like five or six videos for like an album, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. you know, have on. one for every one. I wanted I mean, to. Ideally, I really wanted yeah. to, but I can't. Yeah. I can't afford it. That, yeah. I'm telling you right now. I dude, mean, that, why can't you just walk around with your phone? I well, could, I gotta but say, I'm a perfectionist. Yeah, you have set a standard with the way the film, like with the way the quality yeah. of the yeah. video looks. I, I, true. I, you know what I mean? It, okay, you know what? What you just explained is why I don't go and play acoustic shows by myself. Mm-hmm. I am not content with having chord progressions that I could play on a guitar and sing over. It's not good enough. I write better stuff than that. I write stuff that is too hard for me to play. If I don't have other members playing with me, yeah. I cannot perform by myself. I, yeah. It's just not good enough. I'm sorry, but like the, the riffs I write, you can't articulate them with some chord progressions. You can't. It's just not the same. And I don't want to go out there with a half-assed production. Yeah. I... I as much as all this, I'm doing it for myself. I also have a lot of pride in it, mm-hmm. and like, I mean, like, I, I've reached this point where I still don't think I'm better than anybody, but I know my own worth. I know what I can do. I know, yeah. I know that I'm good. I've been working on this for 25 years. I think I've earned the right to say yes when people ask, "Are you good?" Yeah. good. Absolutely. Tadish nice. said the same thing to me a while back. Like we, we were in Swizzle Tree, at, like at our peak, and he's like, "Man." It's like stupid. Now when people ask me when are we good, I just say yes. Like I think we deserve to say that. I'm like, yes, thank you. You know, like before that I'd be like, I don't know, I don't know, because you don't want to sound cocky. Yep. Yeah. But you know, you could be confident and know you're good without having to think you're better than anybody. You know, like you don't have to be cocky. You no. could just know that it's okay. I mean to you be have good. to have the confidence in order to fucking be rock and roll. Exactly. You know what I mean? Truly, yes, yeah. absolutely. It's I also mean, just healthy to say, like, I like this, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Yeah. And not always have to beat yourself up. Yeah. But something else that's important with music is to not to give a fuck when somebody tells you they don't like it. Totally, right. and that's that's fine. That's cool. Right. you got to remember, it's an opinion for everybody, yeah. and if it's good and you like it, somebody will like it. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a, a thing called Reverb Nation. Uh, it's a website, you know, you can post your shit to, and they'll let you do, um, like, reviews of your songs. And I always do reviews to see what I'll get, and sometimes they get really high up there, and I get to like post stuff with it, whatever. But the things that crack me up is the literal opposite uh, like uh, remarks. Um, I got a song called "Enemy," and it's got like a beep, 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 beep sound in the beginning. Excuse me. And one comment was, "Man, I love that boop boop thing. It gets me going in the beginning." The second comment was, "God, that boop boop thing makes me sick. <laughs> so stupid." Uh, another thing, day drinker. Uh, I I told Amo, I'm like, listen, man, we need, we need some sounds in the beginning, you know, like uh, of like a can opening and drinking whatever. So he made those sounds with some big, whoop, whoop. 
two comments. One, man, it totally gets me into day drinking hearing that shit in the beginning. Second comment, oh my god, I think I'm gonna puke listening to this. I gagged listening to this. Like crazy. There's always gonna be opposites, you know. And if somebody hates ear music, you're doing good. If yeah. somebody cares so much about it that right. they hate it, it's because it's really to good. To leave a fucking comment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Either that or you're just way out of key, and that's a whole different thing. But <laughs> you know. Opinions yeah. are uh, like assholes. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. And they all stink. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Favorite swizzle tour moment. Ooh, Think okay. back. Think back. Okay, there's a few of them. Uh, I already mentioned one where it, we had 15,000 people in front of 311 and we had 5,000 singing it. But one of my favorite moments, um, I had strep throat. We were on the road. Touring. I don't know why, but I sing yeah. really good when I'm sick. I was going to say. Wow. Wait, I don't get that's... it. I, I don't get it. But it was. Uh, we, we, were, we were doing a few shows, and then we were going to join LBC to play some shows in uh, Wisconsin. I can't remember where the venue was at, but... Oh, fuck. What was the venue? It was in Milwaukee. It's that big venue that has two stages. The big one. That Grand knows. Eagles Ballroom, the Rave. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. the Rave. There was yeah. at the Rave. Okay, okay. Yeah. So L uh, we opened up for LBC... To a bunch of people that have no idea who we are. And after we played a couple of songs, they screamed so loud, I had to take a step back. It hurt my ears. I'm like, That's awesome. You don't even know us. Oh my <laughs> God. That that was mind blowing. I could that not. Was a, that was one drunk fucking Nina. Huh? <laughs> it was awesome, dude. It was it was so freaking cool. I I, I just I mean, I, I don't even know what to make of it. It was it was just so unexpected that this crowd of strangers was going to react like that to us you know mm -hmm. that that's one thing that that's one thing we got to be known for that's why swizzle tree got so many opening shows because maybe we couldn't draw a local crowd maybe more than 50 to 100 people but every big band we opened for we were a very good opening band like we got the crowd jumping and going yeah. oh, even I though agree. they had never heard of us and that you was guys something are very charming and so that worked for us you know and i mean it's weird because I never felt like I was a good stage presence person, but I still, I don't know. It's weird. You know what it was? I have good stage presence. I just hate being the comedian between songs. Mm -hmm. Just fucking tune that thing. Let's start the next song already. <laughs> totally. Fucking Toddish. Seriously, dude, like <laughs> nothing is worse than not Get having your shit together, Toddish. Like I mean, I, I, like and now I've realized that in those moments I just turn around. I don't. I won't talk to the crowd. I'll say a couple things. And I'll turn around. Yeah. I'd rather let do croc, that. Let Croc do it. Yeah. Or even with this band, I'll say a few things and I'll just sit there and wait you know i mean why do they even care what i have to say i mean have you ever understood the thing the dude that's yelling between songs i can't understand them right i don't know what yeah, my brother's saying between songs yeah. i don't know what crier saying i mean i'm saying lbc every time because that's the only band i go see anymore <laughs> but uh seriously like i realized at a certain point that say things with a small amount of words loudly and clearly or all they're gonna hear is like yeah, cheers! Yeah. yeah. Nobody knows what you're saying on stage. You know, speak clearly or just shut up. Right. Mm -hmm. Where can we find all this Temple of Dome? Is it all on Spotify? Everything's only? up there. No, no, it's everywhere. It's it, everywhere. YouTube. Yeah. You I, I, I went through CD Baby to release it, and I picked the pick the choice that says everywhere, even free. Hell yeah. So yeah. anywhere you can find music that is streaming, my music is there. Okay. Is there any like uh, uh, there is an Instagram? So what's the tag for it? I'm guessing at Temple of Dome again. Like I said, I'm not a social media guy, but oh yes, my. I think it's at Temple of Dome. There's a Facebook thing. It's probably at Temple of Dome. But the main thing is the YouTube page. Just go there and watch watch the videos. Totally. Or and also they released the songs on YouTube with just like the video is your album cover. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I really love about my songs lately is um, I apparently have been picking album or song titles that have never been picked before. Awesome. So like, if you ask for uh, "Ode to Lauren Joy" or um, uh, "I'm Riding a Dinosaur" or uh, "Back to My Dealer" or "10 Joint Challenge," you don't have to ask for the band name. Just ask for that song, That's and it'll cool. play. Another one from way back in the day is. And uh, you guys will love this title because it relates to everything uh, Swizzle Tree. The song was "You'll Never Hear This Song on the Radio," <laughs> and like it's it, it's it's probably one of my best songs for radio. <laughs> like it's funny. <laughs> it's just like a pop punk like fun song, you know. It's, it's perfect, yeah. Yeah, but like that song again. Nobody's ever written a song called "You'll Never Hear This Song on the Radio." So that's like, awesome, yeah. that's exciting. <laughs> Dude, "Ode to Lauren Joy" is very, yeah. very clever. Very clever. Yes, yes. Yeah. See, okay, that's another example of a song I could I was only able to write because she made it clear to me that. I wasn't insulting and I was just speaking my mind. Mm -hmm. That song is literally about a time uh, when we were on vacation and she's laying out in the sun looking insanely hot. Everybody's staring at her. All the guys are staring at her. And the whole song is just about how much I love staring at her. I mean, the hook in the song is, I'll be staring at you all the time. And that, I mean, I have never been able to write a love song that wasn't a heartbreak song until I was with her. Nice. Every song I've ever written about girls is like, you know, uh, you know, I don't want you to leave or please don't believe we'll never be apart. Like, it's all like heartbreak shit. Then I'm with her and I'm like, this is really easy to write how much I like you. <laughs> like, it's just... The other song, I, I have two songs on our last album that uh, are about her. I Got You and uh, Ode to Lauren Joy. And then I sing about her in Day Drinker. I have another song coming out called 420 Lady that's going to be about her. 420. Like, I mean, I've realized that my best music is just writing just about what I feel. Right. And I have so much feeling towards her. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's awesome. I can't imagine being here with anybody I've ever dated before. Like, I'm so lucky this is where I landed. You know, we talk about that all the time. I, like, not only did I land with somebody I, I, like, love and we love spending time with it, I'm insanely attracted to, but somebody who... Help me break past my block and just write what I want to write. Hell yeah. That's awesome. You know? Absolutely. Is the album finished? No. Um, it's not even finished writing. I mean, okay, let's see. I, I, okay, so Since Amelia, I released years ago. So we got Back to My Dealer, A Good Day, and 10 Joint Challenge that were released. Then I did Mary Jane. I just released The Mooch. The next one is a cover of Hits from the Bong by Cypress Hill, but it's, mm. but it's heavy metal punk rock. Um, then after that is going to be uh, All I Want Under the Christmas Tree. And then after that, I've got a handful of songs. Let's, uh, they're not all finished yet. There's uh, Bag in My Pocket, uh, It Helps Me Sleep. Um, crap, what are these all called? Oh, yeah, yeah. Panic on the Couch. And I'm totally going to put an exclamation point after the panic. Uh, um, what else? Man, I can't remember all the names of these yeah, are songs. You, uh, are you aiming for like 10, 12? I, 13. Nice. I want to do 12, and then there's the, the 13th one from before. Mm. However, since I missed a month, I may... I, my goal was to release them from 420 of 2023 oh, yeah. to 420 yeah, 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 yeah. And 420 is a Saturday, so I want to do a big show. Uh -huh. um, I'm working with Ramsey right now. He just showed me a place that allows weed smoking in a festival. I'm like, oh, we nice. need to do that. Cool. And, you know, Ramsey is connected, so hopefully he can pull it off. Uh, I hope he's listening right now because I just put him on the spot. Um, but yeah, like, uh, that's the goal. So I, I think I need to double up in a month. Uh, to, you know what? Let me just look at my phone here real quick. Let's see what we got. What What was that show that LBC just played that was like a big green fest? Oh, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. Uh, it, I tried to yeah, get on that. but It looked who, awesome. What the hell was that called? Uh, come on now. Well, uh, I, 
Oh, shit. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, I saw you know all the Let's, advertisements. Hold really on, good. hold on, hold on. I know the answer to this because my brother just texted me about it. What'd you say? Uh, let's see. Mm. Come on, brother. Where's your text? What the hell was that called? He just told me he's trying to get me on it for 2024. I'm like, that would be great, dude, but why would they pick me? <laughs> like, I, oh, here uh, there you be, go be, again. You know, wait, wait, cultivate 25. We don't have yeah, a band playing live yet. You know, yeah. like, even like, uh, like, like LBC has a show coming up. He's like, you guys want to play? I'm like, yeah. You know, and then he's like, uh, you know, and the reasoning that we're not playing is like, we haven't earned it. The only reason they would be putting us on is because I'm his brother, and that's just not fair. Like, there's bands that are playing out there, bringing out people, they need to play with them, you know? So mm. I want to earn that by playing live, but, like, I finally just have some band members that are, we're going to start practicing to play live again, and uh, we'll just see where I go. Oh, yeah, I was looking that shit up. But, um, yeah, Cultivate Fest is what it's called. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And the um, reason that they would want you is because you've written an entire concept album about smoking, and exactly. it's awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so the songs, I could not remember the, the names of. Followed up with, like, <laughs> Fucking incredible. Bag in my pocket, hits from the bong, helps me sleep, Mary Jane. Oh, yeah, Nerf and Nerf Nerf Nerf. That's another song. <laughs> All right. It, it, it sounds kind of like the Doobie Brothers. Um, uh, the Mooch. Oh, the Smoking 20s. Oh, yeah, that's this decade. Damn. You know how you got the Roaring 20s? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's free to get that's high in the Smoking 20s. 20s. That's I good. mean, I think you got something here. So, I mean, Kid, I, I think you if I could some. turn this into a musical, Kid, it'd be I, awesome. I can't wait. I think you should, and I don't think it necessarily has to... You said about uh, like dialogue in between songs having to be sung. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Uh, you'll have all the characters. I mean, yeah. the, the dealer's a character. Like you're, I mean, it's, it's hilarious characters, yeah, for they sure. They just have to break into song every now and again. Yeah, right. I mean, I think that that would be an idea that would work, man. <laughs> every, every now every, every one of these songs has a video in my head, you know? Yeah. I mean... And that's the thing. Once you make like six, eight videos, and you think about how do I put them all together, it might like something might click for you. Who knows? You know. Mm -hmm. Going back to why I said just keep making the shit. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean, I mean, I mean uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's funny though. Like, it's there are so many things I've done and not like finished and released because I have to do this first. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I have like the song I told you about, "Cool Like You." It's about just trying to fit the image of a rock star and being like, this is stupid. You know, I'm just going to be me. Or uh, I got one called Breaking Physics, and it's about black holes. Nice. And I actually did that one with the Swizzle Tree guys, but we haven't released it yet. I've got, um, ooh, I've got a, I've got a, okay. My next concept album after the Dank album is going to be Offbeats. Uh, ska and Reggae. Cool. All, all, all oh. Scott and Reggae, you know, and like yeah. I got I, a guy for you over here. So I'll play. I'll play <laughs> for real. You guys got. I've got, I've got a few here. rough stuff uh, things for you guys. I'll play you after that too. But it's like you know, this one song I wrote. I had this goal. Is um, it's something Jiggles told me. He's like, uh, he's like, let's do the. He's like, let's do some Motown type stuff. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, they would pick a thing, a melody, a rhythm, a beat, whatever, and the whole song was the same thing, and they would find dynamics in it, moving up and down as you go. Oh, excuse me. Um. Another, a band that does this all the time is Imagine Dragons. Mm -hmm. They'll pick one little thing, and that thing never stops throughout the whole song, but everything else around it goes up and down and changes. Right. Um, another band that I, I saw this in, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. Uh, it was Joe Jonas's side band, Dins. Uh, I know, I it's D-N-C-E. It, it, yeah. it, oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought it was pronounced Dunce. Yeah, I said, <laughs> yeah, like I said, Dunce. 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 Yeah. Uh, but um, Dunce. They, Dunce. They're, two, they're two biggest hits. Uh, uh, one was uh, Cake by the Ocean. The other one was Kissing Strangers. Both of those songs, it's the same riff through the whole thing. Sure. But it's so dynamic, up and down and everything. I'm like, I got to do that. So uh, I got this song called um, 
uh, the end. Uh, and, you know, uh, it, it's the same chord progression all the way through. It's all reggae, but every bass line changes. Everything changes, and it's like a verse, a chorus, and a bridge, but it's all the same chord progression. I've never done that before. It's so cool. Is it awesome. the end yeah. of a joint? No, it's the end of a friendship. Yeah. Oh. It's a, can we be, can we still be friends? Best friends till the end. Or maybe this is the end. Ooh. So, you know, uh, so it's about the world of politics right now and how friends who don't agree on politics suddenly don't agree on being friends. What yeah. the fuck is that? Give yeah, me a break. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like that's what the song is about. Wow. I'm excited. I mean, I'm really excited about the reggae album, but I gotta finish this dank album first. Damn right, dude. Fuck yeah. Well, I'm excited to see these videos. So um, we're at about an hour and 33, and it's fucking glorious. Every fucking minute of this has been fantastic. Hell yeah. Um, so we can find everything at Temple of Dome. Basically, mm-hmm. there's no templeofdome.com, right? It's just no. basically all social. No, right yeah, now. it's all social media stuff. And keep in mind, there was a very big movie once released called Temple of Doom. If you ask Siri or Alexa, <laughs> she <laughs> will go to that first. D O M E, okay? Temple of Dome. We're all bald. <laughs> and on that, thank you. Thank you. It's great yeah, to man. see you. Yeah. <clears throat> I've been feeling like a pile of poo, making you want to quit. I've got something that you ought to do, smoke a fat joint while you're taking a shit.